2: KQED.
1: Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Maddie Bolaños in San Francisco. Officials with the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation are proposing significant changes to the use of solitary confinement in the state's prisons. Advocates say the process is rushed and the changes don't go far
2: enough. CAP Radio's Kate Wolf reports. In 2015, 10 prisoners at Pelican Bay State Prison settled a major lawsuit with the state CDCR was forced to dramatically reduce the population in solitary confinement and stop isolating people because of perceived gang affiliations. The decision brought Michael Saavedra back to the general population after 15 years in solitary.
3: So you really have no human contact other than the guard giving your food, and which really isn't contact at all, right?
2: Now, Saavedra is part of a group working to pass a law that would drastically limit any segregated confinement in jails, prisons, and immigration detention. Last year, Governor Gavin Newsom vetoed a version of that law and directed the state's prison system to come up with its own changes. CDCR submitted the proposed changes last week. They would cut down on the use of isolation and ensure people get at least 20 hours out of their cells a week, up from 10. Saavedra is skeptical.
3: If they couldn't even do 10 10 hours minimum a week, what makes you think they're going to be able to do 20 hours? This is why they get sued over and over and over for these same issues.
2: There are currently around 3,000 people in segregated confinement in California, which CDCR says is necessary for the safety of prisoners and staff. They say many people are able to have cellmates while segregated. The public will have until the end of the week to provide initial comment on the regulations. For The California Report, I'm Kate Wolf in Sacramento.
1: Pacific Gas and Electric pledged to bury 10,000 miles of power lines in California to reduce the risk of them sparking wildfires. But now state regulators are considering two proposals that would limit that plan in favor of cheaper and faster alternatives. The California Reports' Izzy Bloom has more. PG&E proposed spending nearly $6 billion through 2027 on burying the first 2,000 miles of power lines, also known as undergrounding. But the California Public Utilities Commission is worried about the cost to customers who will pay for PG&E's spending plan. That's why the CPUC may instead direct PG&E to insulate most of the power lines with a material that reduces but doesn't eliminate wildfire risk. Nathaniel Skinner from the Public Advocate's Office at the CPUC says insulating power lines costs one-third as much as burying them.
0: It is a lot less expensive, and you can do it a lot faster. And so on the whole, with the same amount of money you're spending, you can protect a lot more of PG&E's customers a lot more quickly with covered conductor rather than undergrounding.
1: The commission will vote on the proposals as early as November 2nd. For the California Report, I'm Izzy Bloom. California regulators are poised to shake up the solar market for apartments, schools, and farms. An administrative law judge is proposing changes that make the economics of investing in solar projects unappealing. KPBS reporter Eric Anderson in San Diego has the details.
0: The California Public Utilities Commission rewrote the rules for solar on single-family homes last year, and they could do the same for bigger complexes that have one solar array with multiple metered hookups. It's part of the legislatively mandated review of the state's solar rules. Changes approved for single-family homeowners slash the value of electricity sold back to the grid. The new proposed decision calls for an end to something called virtual net metering
2: one multifamily property with multiple meters that go into each unit and virtual net metering allows that property to install one solar system on the property.
0: Jay Berg works with the Center for Sustainable Energy and that organization doesn't have a position on the proposed decision but she says virtual net metering allows an apartment complex owner to use solar generated electricity to power community spaces and share the proceeds with residents. California's investor-owned utilities, including Pacific Gas and Electric and San Diego Gas and Electric, argue in their legal filings that developing an updated virtual net metering program is too complicated and too expensive.
2: The utilities have no problem billing us. They can figure that out.
0: Bernadette Del Chiaro works with the California Solar and Storage Association.
2: What they're complaining about is giving us credits and lowering our energy bills. They're saying that that's just too difficult and we just don't buy it. We know it's not true.
0: SDGE declined a chance to comment. Utilities also support the recommendation to require complexes to sell their solar generated electricity to the utilities at the wholesale price and require them to buy that same electricity from the utility at the retail price. The panels could not be used to offset usage at complexes like single-family homeowners can. We are developers of affordable housing. We build multifamily housing, and we've been stalling solar in a lot of our apartments. Arnulfo Menriquez runs a social services nonprofit in San Diego County. His agency operates a 300-unit affordable housing complex in southeast San Diego. He says virtual net metering allows everyone in the complex to benefit. We want solar because it is using solar is using a natural resource. It it does have uh, substantial savings to our operations on the cost that the landlord pays, but then the savings also get passed through to the residents for utilities that they spend individually in their own unit. But Manrique says changing the rules makes solar financially unappealing. The CPUC has postponed the item for a second time, The panel's five commissioners will now take up the issue on November 2nd. For the California Report, I'm Eric Anderson in San Diego.
1: And that's the California Report for Wednesday, October 11th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Hint, fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners with more than 25 flavors including watermelon and pineapple, in stores or delivered from hintwater.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery, on the web at schmitocean.org.
2: Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners.